You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke 14 in your Bibles, and while you're turning there, I'd like to share, I won't preach long tonight, I just would like to share, I've done this for a few years now on this first Sunday night in January. Um, it's similar to maybe a state of the union address. This is a state of the church and I won't be real wordy. I'll just give you some, some high points. But I'll say this, it was six years ago, this very night, my wife and I were in Santa Clara, California. We were just, uh, we were, it was the afternoon there. But um, we had been waiting and praying to see what would happen because it was on January the 5th of 2014 that Victory Baptist Church voted on a new pastor. And uh, I'm so glad that you did. And I'm so thankful for me and my wife and our family that God allowed us to come. And thank you for being so good to us and for being the best church in all the world. And I'm not saying it because somebody, you know, asked me to say it like Caleb, you know, said it. I'm saying it because I really mean it. But uh, I do, I love this church. My wife and I, we are so thankful for you. We're indebted to you. And uh, you've been so good to us. And these six years, in many ways, it seems like it's gone by very quickly. Um, but in other ways, I just, I can't believe all that God has done. And I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us in this year and in the years to come. This past year, we had a kids crusade, which by the way, I mentioned it this morning, but on our calendar, you need to jot some of these uh, events down. We're, we're changing the dates of Kids Crusade. It'll be a little bit earlier in the summer now. It'll be the last week of June. It's June 29th, June 30th, and then that Wednesday is July 1st. Before July 4th, uh, normally we have it uh, later in July, but just keep that in mind. But this last year, Kids Crusade, we had 36 boys and girls that trusted Christ as Savior. Teen Spectacular, we had 24 that trusted Christ. Our soul winning, organized soul winning and services, and there's a lot of others that we just don't have record of, but the ones we do, we had 79 people this last year that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They were dealt with, we got their name, we got their address, we uh, got, got a record of it, and that is a blessing. That's 139 souls whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life last year that we know of, and to God be the glory for that. This last year, of course, you know, June 11th was a big day. It was our 30th anniversary, and we saw that mortgage get burned on this platform right here. I'm so glad the building didn't get caught on fire or something. That would have been really bad. You know, we're, we're burning the mortgage and we're burning the building down. But uh, in 18 months, half a million dollars went to that mortgage in 18 months. That, it's a miracle. Only God could do that. And all the other bills were paid and all the missionaries and all the other stuff, all was fine. But a half a million dollars in 18 months for the mortgage. This last year with uh, God's people giving and with uh, God's blessing, we were able to purchase a guest house for our missionaries and our guest speakers that come, uh, pastors, assistant pastors, uh, the uh, Property was purchased, it was remodeled, it's furnished, it's beautiful. We've had several missionaries and several groups that have come in and just said, we, we've not stayed in a place that's this nice and we've got room. It's not a motel room where we're all crammed in as a family. We've got some room and we're so thankful for that. 
we were able to this year get these trees removed from out here and we won't really appreciate it probably till the spring and summer when we start mowing all that and trying to clean up with those trees there and country church property. We were able to start this week, and I've not said a lot about it publicly, but I'm so thankful to uh, Brother Nathan and Brother Caleb for their help with this, but we are able to go every week to the jail and preach the Bible and teach the Bible every week here uh, in our area. And that's a miracle. And one of, our, one of our folks that just worked things out, and God, of course, opened that door. I've not said a lot about this, but Brother Nathan has been going now for, I think, well over a year or more to our, one of our middle schools and having a Bible club uh, uh, every week. And to God be the glory for that. I have not said this publicly. I know I haven't said it publicly. And I've purposely waited till tonight to say it. I'll say this, it's not, it's not running yet. Um, it's not ready yet, but it's getting close. We had last year, we had an individual in this area who called and said, uh, we would like to give the church a radio station. 24 hour a day, radio station. Um, licenses, um, equipment, everything. And so we'd like to give it to the church. You say, well, well why, did, why did they give it to our church? Because God directed, it was only God. There's no other reason. That will be, Lord willing, here in the next month or two. We're hoping to give you some announcements about that to where you will be able to listen in this probably a 20-mile radius or so, 24 hours a day to Christian music, uh, to Bible preaching, to Bible teaching, Bible studies, kids programs. I cannot even tell you what a miracle that is. You say, well, we could have gone out and bought a radio station. You can't. There's no more available. And, but yet God gave us a radio station and uh, we are thankful. And just think about how many more people will get the gospel. Uh, I hear so many people already that listen to our services on the different radio stations that are 30 minutes a week. But just think about 24 hours a day, seven days a week to God be the glory. We have already, this was a goal for 2020. We've already got these security cameras installed on our property and what a blessing that has been. Uh, we still have, and I don't talk a lot about this, but we have as a church, we have the privilege to own a country church property. And what a blessing. I don't know what God has in store for that property, um, but I know this, I want that property to be used for God's honor and glory. And we'll just keep praying about that. We have, of course, um, financially, the Compassion Worship Center. We receive payments from them every month, and that's been a blessing, of course, uh, from the, the, that property sale. Uh, we've talked about the offerings. These last two Sundays, this last year of giving was so phenomenal. Online, we have, uh, every year for the last couple years now, we've gone up $2,000 a month on average just in the online giving alone. We're now at $14,560 every month that comes in online. And some of you are thinking, oh, that's, that's crazy. No, that's what some of us do. That's what my wife and I do now. Every, uh, every time, it just comes right out. And you say, well, isn't that scary? No, I love it because I'm going to tithe no matter what. I just believe that's what God wants me to do. And I'm going to give to missions. And I'm going to give to the bus ministry. And I'm going to uh, give for building. It's just, just part of it. And so that online giving. We had a high day this last year on Easter Sunday. I believe it's the second highest in the history of the church second only to opening day, which fell on Easter Sunday here in 2011. 
We had a high day of 825 people that were on this property for those two services, and what a blessing. Our buses uh, have averaged uh, 60, <clears throat> excuse me, 68 riders, and that's without uh, a bus director, really, for much of the year. And Brother Nathan did such a good job in the interim, of course. Now Brother Caleb uh, Schnur is our bus director, doing such a good job. And we're fa- we have faithful bus captains and faithful bus workers and faithful folks going out visiting and Sunday school teachers and junior church workers and all that. We could go on and on. We are now supporting 84 missionaries. We've seen people baptized and people join the church and God has been so good. I want to give you quickly just a few goals and some things to pray about for 2020. I'm praying... Our number one goal for 2020 is that one word right there, souls. We had 139 folks saved last year. I'm praying, and I know it's a big number, but I'm praying that with God's help and God's people being a witness and uh, the preaching of the Word of God, I'm praying that we will see 200 people trust Christ as Savior in 2020. That's not counting our missionaries. That's not counting people out at the workplace. That's just people that in our organized soul winning and in our services that we'd have 200 people. I hope you'll pray about it. It's a big number, but I believe God would be pleased with 200 people getting saved. And you say, what if only 180 get saved? Praise the Lord. That's 180 folks that got saved. But let's pray and let's work at that. I'm praying for an attendance increase by about 20 in every service in 2020. I'm praying for an increase in our buses of 20 going from 68 to 88 uh, for this year. That's a lot, but God can do it. I'm praying for our soul winning uh, attendance to even increase even more. We averaged 23 folks every week last year. I'm praying we'll see that average uh, increase above 30. And of course, we'll add missionaries. I'm praying that God would allow us to see every member be faithful to every service. Now, that's a big prayer request. I've read, and we uh, last year, just... I'll just throw this out there. Last year, we averaged, uh, so this is 2018, our average for the year was 520 folks on Sunday morning, which is a good, that's a good crowd. Um, And 520 people this last year, this 2019, we were down by about 20. And you say, oh no, the church is falling apart. And oh no, what are we going to do? Well, I'll tell you this, most churches went down this last year, but it was by a whole lot more than just 20 people. And you say, well, what's the problem? I've, I've read, I've, I've prayed, I've talked to other pastors, and I'll tell you this, we have seen, there are people in this auditorium tonight that you weren't here a year ago. God's blessed, God's given us growth and more people. But why would, a, why would an average go down? Well, how, how do we have 825 people on Easter Sunday, but our average is 500? Here's why. Did you know that the average church, the attendance of the members has gone down? People that used to go to church every Sunday, now it's about two a month. People that used to go to church on Sunday night, now it's hit or miss. I think some of it is we're busy. I think some of it is we've maybe gotten a little lazy. Maybe we've kind of just got a little bit distracted. But I'll tell you what I want to see in 2020. I want to see God's people be faithful in every service. I want to see us faithful in giving. And I want every member to be involved in a Sunday school class. Every member ought to be in a Sunday school class. I'm praying that God will help us with our Bible reading and prayer and so on for every member. Every member ought to tithe. Every member ought to give to missions, give to a bus ministry, give to a building fund. Every member ought to do something every week faithful. 
I'm praying this uh, year we'll have more workers, more nursery workers, more choir members. And that choir, Brother Nathan, that choir is looking good. There, there, that's filled up. But I'm praying, we'll, I'm praying we'll need to figure out a way to expand even what we have now. I'm praying for more Sunday school helpers and more bus drivers and more bus workers. I'm praying that God will give us more junior church workers. Uh, Brother Caleb we, and I have been talking, but Brother uh, Milton and your workers over there, you've got a lot on your plate on Sundays and we could use some more workers. We could use some more people that would help. We're praying for three newer buses. Well, we got two of those and we'll get those situated. We need one more. We will this year, Lord willing, we'll get some signs put up around this property and on these buildings just to better identify for people coming into this property. We're going to remodel the gym kitchen, Lord willing, get some new sinks in there and get some new equipment in there. We've got flooring we need to do and painting we need to do and all that good stuff. Uh, we've got to get some drop-off areas uh, where, where we can drop off our, our senior saints where they don't get wet, where they don't have to walk too far. We need some additional close parking. I don't mean more parking out here. We just put, uh, you know, a, a sign up. I mean close to the building where our senior saints don't have to walk as far. I'm praying we'll get that done this year. I'm still praying that God would show us what we should do about a Christian school. And uh, I had set forth as 2020 as a target date. That's not going to happen in 2020. But it could happen in 2021, and we'll just pray that God would show us and make it very clear. Uh, we've got a lot of goals, a lot of things, and I'll, I'll skip a few others, but I'm excited for where our church is. And uh, I'm excited because I believe God has given us some faithful core members. And you say, well, who's that? It's you. And I'm thankful for each of you, and I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us. I believe uh, the best is yet to come, and I believe there's great growth, and I believe there's great uh, exciting things like souls being saved and lives being changed and people being called to preach and missionaries being sent out, and the list goes on and on. Luke 14 in your Bibles, I want to read a few verses to you, Luke 14. We spoke this, mo this morning from Matthew 9 that Jesus said... The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. By the way, Riley, this is your last service till you go back to uh, Seattle. And um, Stephen, good to see you. And you've got a friend with you. We're so glad for you. And Brother Mill, we're praying for your neck, brother. And that was surgery. That was not Miss Cindy getting mad and throwing something. We, that was surgery. And we love you, Brother Mill. We're praying for you and uh, so many uh, of our members that we're praying for your health and praying for your strength. Jesus spoke and he said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. But here's what I want to show you tonight. Jesus was speaking to a certain group of people when he made that statement. He was speaking to, not the crowds, he wasn't speaking to the multitudes about the, the harvest being plenteous. He was speaking to somebody who could do something about it. He was speaking to his disciples. You see, we need more laborers, but I also want to say tonight, we need more disciples. We need more people that will follow Jesus in season and out of season. I'm thankful for big days, and I'm thankful that people come and go and all that, but I want to tell you, we need some disciples who will just get buckled down and just say, I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to be faithful to my ministry. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to stay committed. We need more people 
who will be willing to follow Jesus Christ no matter what. Jesus said as he called his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's how souls get won when people start to follow Jesus. Notice Luke 14. The Bible says in verse number 25, and there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Well, hang on. Jesus sees the multitudes and yes, he's burdened for the multitudes to get saved, but he makes it very clear not everybody is going to be a disciple. Not everybody's going to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. Now, anybody can be, but not everybody will be. Notice verse number 27, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth, whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace, so likewise... Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Lord, help us as we look at your word. Thank you for a great year last year. Thank you for all your blessings. And thank you for the privilege we have to serve you in 2020. Help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. These disciples that we're talking about, there were 12 of them. There were 12 men. One of those betrayed Jesus, Judas Iscariot. I believe Judas Iscariot was replaced in the book of Acts by a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus who became the Apostle Paul. But 12 men that turned the world upside down. It didn't take the multitudes to get the gospel to the four corners of the globe. It took 12 disciples who were committed to following Jesus Christ. Now, friend, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to growth in every area and Sunday school and ministries and buses and all those things. But I'll tell you where it's going to start. It's going to start right here. It's going to start with some people that get committed to following Jesus no matter what happens. Number one, how can we be a disciple? How can we be like those who turn the world upside down? How can we be like those 120 who are in the upper room who are filled with power? How can we reach souls in 2020? Number one, if we're going to be a disciple, we're going to have to love Jesus more than everything and anything else. Notice what it says in verse number uh, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. Now, friend, Scripture does not contradict. The Bible says we're to love one another. The Bible even says we're supposed to love our enemies. So certainly the Bible is not saying you need to hate your parents. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. You ought to love your parents. You ought to honor your parents. You ought to respect your parents. You ought to love your spouse. You ought to love your children. You ought to love your siblings. But why would the Bible say that in order to be a disciple, 
You've got to hate those people. I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that in order to be a disciple and a true follower committed to Jesus Christ, your love for Jesus has to be number one. You say, but I love my wife. Good, I'm glad you do. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my family. But if my love for my family is greater than my love for my Lord, then I'm not a committed follower of Jesus like what I should be. As a matter of fact, if I love Jesus like I should, I'm going to love my family like I should. If I love Jesus like I should, I'm going to love my kids like I should. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love this church if I love Jesus like I should. But Jesus must be number one in every relationship. And it shouldn't be close. I was speaking this week with one of our members and it came up the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I was thinking about that after we talked and I thought, I cannot imagine. I have, my wife and I have four precious girls and we love them as much as uh, we love our son and we love them all the same. And uh, people have said, oh, I'm, I bet you're glad you finally got a boy with all those girls. You know, honestly, if God had given us another girl, I'd have been just as happy. But God chose to give us a boy and I'm thankful for our boy, Micah. But I cannot imagine as Micah grows up I cannot imagine being in the place that Abraham was placed in, that he was put in, where he was tested by God to see if his love for God was greater than his love for his only son. I don't know how Isaac did, Abraham did it, I'll be honest. I don't know how he could take his son and, and prepare to offer him as a sacrifice, but I'll tell you this, Abraham knew what it was to love God. He knew what it was to trust God. Abraham had put Jesus, he had put uh, Jehovah God first in his life, he was number one. By the way, I'll say this. If you and I love Jesus, it's going to be obvious. We're not going to have to rent a billboard space. We're not going to have to post it on Facebook. If you love Jesus, then share this. And, you know, if you don't, then you're going to have, you know, 10 years of bad luck. I'm, that, you don't have to do that. If you love Jesus, everybody's going to know it. If you love Jesus... It won't be hard to come to church. If you love Jesus, it's not going to be drudgery to get in your Bible. If you love Jesus, it's not going to be uh, saying goodbye to precious treasure every time you put something in the offering plate. If you love Jesus, it's not going to be hard to tell somebody else about the friend that you love and the friend that saved you. If you love Jesus more than anyone or anything else, you will be a disciple. You will be a follower of Jesus that will in turn be able to impact souls for eternity. Don't tell me how much you love Jesus if you don't have time to serve him. Don't tell me how much you love Jesus if you don't even want to talk to him. Don't tell me how much you love Jesus if you can't tell somebody else about him. We must love him more than anyone and anything else in all the world. Love him supremely. The love of Christ. I was talking to my brother Jared the other day and we were talking about this. But you know, I think you ought to have a love for souls. But sometimes souls are not lovable. I think you ought to have a love for your bus ministry and your Sunday school class and your junior church. But sometimes those people in that ministry, they'll drive you nuts. And that's just the workers. That's not even talking about the riders. Can I tell you, sometimes it's hard to love people like what you should 
But can I tell you this? If our love for Jesus is what it ought to be, we're going to be concerned about souls. We're going to be concerned about those on the mission field that we've never even met. We must, number one, love him more than anyone or anything else. Number two, if we're going to be a disciple, a true follower, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, verse 27, we're going to have to follow him no matter the cost. Would you notice what it says in verse 27? And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Did you know that term, bear his cross, that's not talking about carrying Jesus' cross. He took care of that. It's talking about the cross, the burden, the ministry, the responsibility that God's going to give you. Can I tell you, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes serving God is not easy. If you wake up every Sunday morning and you can't wait to get to your ministry, I commend you for it. But some mornings, we don't feel like it. Some mornings, we don't feel like reading the Bible. And some mornings, we don't feel like praying, perhaps. Now, once you get started, you're glad you did and you get the love for it then. But can I tell you, we must be willing to follow after him and take up our cross daily, the Bible says in another passage, but we must be willing to follow Jesus no matter the cost. That's perhaps going to be a burden, perhaps a sickness, perhaps a setback, perhaps a loss of a job, perhaps problems with a marriage or problems with the family or, 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 or problems with, uh, uh, with, with, with some other situation in your life. But you and I must follow Jesus no matter the cost. The problems will come, but you still follow Jesus. The difficulties may come, but you still follow Jesus. The heartaches and the heartbreaks may come, but you still follow Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples, if you're not willing to come after me and bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple. We're not talking about salvation. You can still be saved, but you're not going to be a disciple, a true follower, a committed follower of Jesus Christ that reaches this world and makes a difference if you're not willing to follow him, no matter the cost. This passage talks about building a tower. This passage talks about counting the cost. It talks about laying a foundation and it talks about building a building and fighting a battle. And it talks about the different situations in life where it's going to cost you something, but you follow Jesus no matter what. And then number three, how can we be a disciple, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Verse number 33, so likewise, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I am not suggesting that you go tomorrow morning and you sell your house and sell your car and sell all your stuff and live in, live in a tent out in the woods somewhere until Jesus comes. I'm not suggesting you do that. But here's what I am saying. You ought to be willing to do that. And I ought to be willing to do that in order to follow him. You see, when these disciples followed Jesus, you know why they turned the world upside down? Because they didn't have a plan B. They didn't have a backup plan. They had already left their nets. They had already left their boats. 
They had already said goodbye to their family. They had already said goodbye to their occupation. They didn't have anything to fall back on. They said, Jesus, you're stuck with us because we are following you. And Jesus said, hang on. The foxes have holes and the birds of the air, they've got nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Jesus said, I can't offer you a lot of stuff and I can't offer you a place to sleep and I can't offer you possessions, but I can offer you this. If you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. If you'll follow me, I'll use you to impact souls for eternity. You see, these disciples, they left it all to follow Jesus. Jesus selected these 12 disciples. We see in the Gospels at one point there were 70 that he sent out. The book of Acts, there were 120. The number 12 speaks of the number of completeness. The number 12 in the Bible, there were 12 tribes in Israel. There are 12 gates in the New Jerusalem. There were 12 disciples that Jesus selected. Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan. You say, well, well how many disciples will Jesus use today? Notice verse number 26, if any man. Verse number 27, and whosoever. In verse number 33, so likewise, whosoever he be. See, God's willing to use anyone that'll meet the qualifications. God's willing to use you. God's willing to use me. You say, well, what are the qualifications? I just gave them to you. You see, there's qualifications for a pastor that some people maybe cannot meet. There are qualifications for a deacon that maybe some people cannot meet, but I've got good news for you. Man or woman or child, doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God can use you and God wants to use you to be a faithful follower to reach souls if you'll be willing to meet the qualifications. If you'll love him more than anyone or anything else. If you'll follow him no matter the cost and if you'll say, Lord, I'll give up everything. You say, well, is God gonna make me give up everything? I don't know. He may not. He may bless you with more than you had before. But you're going to have to come to a point where the stuff is not important. What's important is following Him. The song in our hymn book, it's in the blue book. We'll sing it for the invitation. It's number 10. I have decided to follow Jesus. There was a revival taking place in Scotland. And there were some Baptists that went out of Scotland and they went to the land of India as missionaries to reach the people with the gospel. There was a man in India that got saved and he got saved and he was called there before the leader of that village. And the leader asked him, he said, is it true that you have trusted Christ and you have denied our gods? And that man said, yes, it's true. He said, well, if it's true, he said, we're going to kill you and we're going to kill your family. The man responded by saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. According to the story, they killed that man's children. That man responded to that by saying, though no one join me, still I will follow. They then killed his wife, and they killed him. And as they were in the process of executing him, the man said, 
the world behind me, but the cross before me. I'm ashamed many times when I think about my level of commitment compared to what many people around this world have to give up and have to go through just to serve Jesus. Friend, if people can give their lives for Christ, I think we can live our lives for Christ. I think we can be faithful and be a disciple. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.